Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to our spoiler-filled discussion of Marvel's The Punisher, and I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? What's up, Gary? Uh, good evening, listeners and viewers. Indeed. And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? Good evening. Hello. Okay, what, what accent was that? I don't know. I heard it on TV once. The guy just said, good evening. I think it's one of your people. Really? Yeah, just enunciated everything. Good evening. Oh, man's not hot. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's get right into this discussion. We did our spoiler-free discussion before. Obviously, we couldn't really talk about, you know, the story and the plot and everything. But now the show's been out for a week. And um, I hope everyone has seen it by now, you know, especially if you're listening to this show. Otherwise, take this as your final warning to, you know, um, click out of the show and wait until a later time to, until you finish watching the show and then come back because, you know, we're going to spoil everything right now. So um, on the first show, we talked about the pacing. And obviously, at that point, we'd only seen six episodes. But now we have the full 13 episodes. So I, I do want to revisit that talking point specifically and ask you guys what you thought of the pacing of The Punisher and, you know, compare it with other shows as well, if, if you must. Um, so I'm going to go to you first, Dana. What did you think of the overall pacing of this show after the 13 episodes? Well, obviously, this is not going to be like Daredevil. This is not the Avengers. This is not, you know, anything that's going to be heavy on the action. I found that the pacing was a good breather. And it really allowed for there to be a heavy emphasis on the story, which I appreciated overall. I really felt that I was able to get a grasp of who Frank Castle the man was. Yes, we know his story. We've heard it 15,000 different times. But this is the first time that I feel that it gave an intimate look into his life. We got to know his thoughts, his characters. We, everything that happened within the season, we was able to see a transformation of him as a person, as opposed to just as basically a serial killer. Um, I think by going this route, it made him more human. And everyone's story that was involved, I was able to truly get a grasp of, and I felt a connection to everyone's story. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's one of the things I like about the pacing of the show and what they managed to achieve throughout the 13 episodes. Uh, because, you know, there was a lot of interesting characters in this show. And I feel like they all kind of got their focus, you know, by the time the series finished. So that was a good thing. But uh, Rich, what's and your thoughts? Back. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. What was you saying? No, I was just saying there was also, they was able to balance it with action. It wasn't like just complete, you know, talking and monologues and slow movements and, you know, introspective glances. It was also meshed really well with a lot of powerful action scenes and a lot of powerful of the, you know, the basically uh, killing sprees, I guess, and the violence, which was very heavy, but also grounded in a lot of realism, which really helped the pacing of the story for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Rich, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'm actually going to echo a lot of the points that Dana has already made. Uh, I personally thought the pacing was was great. Um, one of the things that you both touched on was that uh, how they managed to tell a lot of different stories, but when they needed to, they focused specifically on the things that mattered re regarding some characters. Like, for example, uh, Walcott, we saw all of the stuff going on with him and having to deal with the uh, PTSD. Um, and eventually that came to a head uh, as we got into the later episodes and we see what happens to that character. Um, that, that, matter of fact, speaking of that episode in particular, I like how they told the story, but you know, I think that somebody definitely would have to pay attention to that episode just to make sure you catch how they're actually telling the story because they kept going back and forth you know, talking about what happened at that particular moment regarding his character and Frank uh, colliding, um, which I thought was interesting. But even down to the different conflicts, uh, you know, I recall episode 12, we saw Frank go up against one of the enemies he had to deal with. And then, of course, they saved the, the last bad enemy for the last episode. Like, I, I, I liked how they didn't force that he had to deal with both of them in one episode. They gave him separate episodes to deal with both of those guys and yeah again overall the pacing in regards to the action the dialogue all the stuff i thought was great and and as i said before i still think it is by far the best netflix marvel series uh this year without 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 a doubt cool yeah yeah i definitely agree with a lot of that so uh, you mentioned Walcott, and that's actually one of the characters I wanted to, you know, talk about a lot. So, yeah, um, there were a lot of interesting subplots, as we mentioned, and the Walcott one was definitely, you know, one that uh, really stood out. It shined, you know, even though it was kind of like a, you know, a, a subplot in the whole thing, it didn't really stretch out till the outcome, but, you know, it, it did have a significant impact on you know the show and the characters in the show so um what did you guys think of the whole walcott story arc and how that kind of played out um one thing i like is you know when when it did come time for for frank to come face to face with walcott and confront him like i liked seeing that level of respect that um you know walcott showed for him even though they were you know on opposing sides at the time it's like he kind of had that mutual respect for you know a fellow fellow soldier you know who who was a who was also um in duty you know just like he was so i liked that that really played off of his beliefs and you know um what he represents as a character um and yeah it was I, it was just super interesting to see all of that play out you know his character from the very start you know was um definitely demanding a lot lot of attention you know um in the show but dana i know you had a lot of thoughts on you know how that character was handled and you know how the ptsd stuff was portrayed in the show so what's your thoughts on walcott and that whole subplot well as i said previously i'm a huge fan of what they did with walcott's character and you know soldiers overall I think that this show did a great service for regular civilians to understand what it's like to 
go over to another country and to, you know, basically be in war and what happens when they come back and that mindset and that mind frame that they're in is a feeling of isolation and a feeling that they don't belong. And yeah, you can easily say I support the troops, but I think it showed a great reflection of how hard it was for him to not only adjust, but how hard it was for people, all soldiers, to come back and find that stability, that, you know, go and find work and, and you'd be able to contribute to society. And that inner struggle, that kind of like demon of where he was back over in, I think it was Afghanistan, um, for me, it was, his storyline was just as equal to Frank's. And them having that final showdown, the way how it panned out, you know, there is a level of respect that you do have for someone when you, you know, you both serve in the service together, when you're both in that service together. And it showed that even though they're on different sides, you know, how they are able to still have that decency. It's hard to, it's hard to like explain, but that kind of like that, you know, their shared understanding of what it is to be in war. And so that scene and them finally being together and even his whole storyline, I think was just as equal to Frank. And it was definitely not something that I saw coming, you know, beginning the show. I originally thought it was just going to be Frank Castle and, you know, him coming back again as the Punisher and whether or not people are going to figure out he's dead. I did not expect for this to go and take so many different avenues that it did. And I strongly appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Rich, how, what did you think about it? Well, first and foremost, Dana made some great points. So I have to say, yes, uh, a lot of strong points that I agree on. Um, I have to say this. Uh, I'm very glad that Curtis, AKA the black guy didn't get killed because I believe that on the last show, um, I, I, after you know, after we recorded our last show, we had a discussion. I said, I hope he doesn't get killed. Although he definitely got his ass whooped by Walcott, so uh, I guess uh, I'll take that. Uh, you know, instead of him getting killed. But in regards to the character himself, um, I you know I have to say personally, I don't really know much about PTSD uh, because I haven't experienced it. I do know that we have another fan that listens to the podcast and we saw at e3 reggie uh, aka weapon x he actually served uh and he deals with ptsd regularly so even as someone who's seen the show even he says it, it's fantastic how they were able to communicate exactly what that issue is in the way that they did so i have to give them props for that um it's very unfortunate to see the character meet his end um uh, but I know it, it was a struggle for him to get to the point that he was at. And obviously it was hard for him to turn back uh, after he kept doing so many things. Uh, that is one aspect of the show um, that I feel as though, you know, I have to give the writers, everybody credit for, you know, because you have these people that are seen as antagonists, but you make them three dimensional in a sense, because you give them a sense of what led them to this point. That was something we saw in Civil War with the villain that they had in, in that particular uh, movie also. Um, and I think when the filmmakers actually take the time to make you try to sympathize for the villain, 
to an extent because you see what got them to that point you have to say that that's 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 how you handle that's how you should handle these types of characters um i'm not going to take a shot but I, I will just say uh i didn't get that when i saw justice league i didn't care about the villain um and to me that's the issue right there so the fact that they in this show decided to actually make you care about these particular villains um that was i thought very important and even when you get into the discussion and you talk about the main villain um because really this whole show was about building up this character so that when he comes back if they decide to do a, a, another season which i'm sure they will he'll be a focal point of that but we got a chance to see his transformation as well so yeah it really gives you more sides as to the motivations of the villain feeling sorry for what they've done but also understanding that you know they do bad things it, they definitely it definitely impacts them as a whole but it just gives you a deeper look into their psych how they work how they operate and uh, i have a lot of appreciation for that cool yeah, yeah. indeed for sure um one thing I wanted to ask about Wilcott was, um, you know, in the scene where Curtis is, you know, tied up with the bomb attached to him, who who is the the person? Who is the dead body? Is it his dad or is it like someone random? Because I thought it was his dad. Yeah, that's that's the guy. That's the guy he killed. The uh, I don't know if that was like an officer or that wasn't the father. Uh, it's the oh. other guy he killed in the episodes earlier. When he shot that guy, um, and he stabbed him, well, he did all this other stuff to him. Um, it's that same guy. That body was still in there. At least, oh, okay. at least that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I, I think I forgot about it, but yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And can I? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say how much I. It's it's real hard for them to find a balance between. Yes, they have a villain, but also humanizing people as well and even though Wilcock does things that are you know terrible there you can't help but to feel sympathetic towards him so that you know it's very hard for for shows and and movies to even create that in you know whatever they're trying to do but for them i think that they they did an excellent job with not what he did was was horrible and tragic but it's not necessarily understanding how he got there. It's they make you feel, you know, his feelings. He's I also want to say that Daniel Lewis is such a great actor that you really feel all of his pain and suffering on screen. And I, you know, absolutely love that about the show. And even when you have that moment where Frank is remember, he was like over dinner and he was concerned about killing US soldiers. And he was just saying that they was just trying to do their job you know it, it kind of puts like that human moment on soldiers even people you know they're they're killing and what Wilcock is doing he's you know planning out to you know murder others he they even they humanize that so much so I just thought that was just interesting how they did that yeah yeah I agree um and you guys both mentioned uh Curtis and I thought he was like a great supporting character um, throughout this series. And I like that he kind of, um, he had a lot to do with, you know, both of the, the main, uh, well, not both of the main, but like with two major villains and, you know, how the stories played out 
you know, he had a lot to do with that with both Walcott and with Russo as well. So I, I liked that. Um, he was the cricket of the series. He was like that conscience. Yeah, the voice of reason. Yeah, yeah the voice of reason. For sure. And if when he also came across as never being judgmental, which I really love so much, is that he always tried to understand what was going on and why someone would even, you know, come to that conclusion. And yeah. even when that bunker scene, you know, how he kept trying to reach out and he never judged them because it's really easy for somebody to say, oh, that guy's crazy. Look what he's doing. He never said that. He tried to understand why he was there. You know, he even gave him suggestions of how to dig the hole so that he doesn't drown to death. Yeah, and I think Curtis, like, he deserves so much respect from his comrades that, you know, there was that scene near the end with Russo in his apartment. And, you know, Russo could have easily killed him, you know, even after uh, Punisher mm -hmm. disarmed his his sniper. But I think he had so much respect for him that he just, you know, he's, he let him live. So um, yeah. that, that was cool to see as well. Um, uh, I, I, I just will make a quick comment real quick. Uh, it was cool to see, but uh, uh, regarding what happened with Russo, I, I don't know if he would do the same thing now once he inevitably comes back. You know, maybe he milk, maybe he might kill Curtis now this time because uh, Frank didn't finish the job. You know, Frank messed him up, but he didn't finish the job. So we'll see. Well, yeah, I, I got a lot to say about that later. But um, <laughs> before we get to Russo and the main, you know, the main plot and stuff. I do want to focus on another character who kind of had a slub, a subplot, but they're also, you know, an integral part of the show overall. So Dina, um, there's uh, been, <laughs> we've had a lot of discussions about Dina, you know, and her role in the show. Um, a lot of people would say that she was kind of forced into the show and isn't relevant yeah. enough to have such a, you know, commanding role. Um, and some people absolutely love her character, you know. Um, I'm kind of on the middle. I, I thought she had some good scenes, but then some very questionable scenes too. So I wanted to get, you know, a, a summary on what you guys think about Dina and her role in the show. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Rich. What's your thoughts? All right, so I, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, I think a lot of guys would agree that the actress is pretty attractive, um, as I alluded to on the last show, I said that uh, a lot, I felt that a lot of people were going to look at this character and they're going to be like, well, yeah, she's just she's hot. So I don't mind seeing her. Um, I know that she isn't in the comics. This is a character that they made specifically for the show, which is fine. But the one thing I really don't understand, and I guess that this is a mandatory requirement for every show. I guess that there absolutely mo most positively has to be a sex scene. Um, as I asked you guys last time we recorded the show, I asked you, did you think the sex scene was necessary? I didn't think it was necessary. Obviously, for the guys out there that wanted to see more of her, you got to see more of her. But I didn't think any of that was necessary for the actual storyline. I know she wanted to get close to Russo, but that kind of portrays a message that, well, to get close to somebody, is sex got to always be involved? Uh, I, I didn't like that at all. Um, with that said, I don't really think the character is, I mean, I guess you could say she served her purpose. She believed with Frank, she tried to work with him. And in the end, she did work with him. Uh, I think it's a little unrealistic for someone to get shot in the head and still survive. So I thought that was a little ridiculous, you know, towards the end. Uh, but uh, 
I guess she's an okay character, but I don't really think it was necessary for her to be there. But again, I know, I guess they decide, you know, when they make these shows, we got to have some attractive people that are nice to look at for the audience so that we make sure that the males are covered and the females are covered. So I guess that's why they did that. But I don't think it was totally necessary. And I definitely still don't think the sex scene was necessary, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. And what's your thoughts, Dana? Y'all already know I don't like her. I didn't like her in Emerald when the show was canceled. I don't like her in this show. Which she should be canceled. She should have just died. I'm sorry. Um, I find her character to be one of so unnecessary and also very annoying. And I don't know if, you know, shows like these, if they're forced to have the female in there and make them just annoying. But I found her to not really serve a purpose aside from, you know, is Frank Castle dead? I bet you he's alive. That's literally her only purpose in the show. And I did not like her at all. Um, the whole scene that you was talking about, Richard, that was bland. You know, it wasn't even something like you know, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. It was just bland. She was bland. You know, she was just boring. I didn't really pay much attention when she was on screen. So I found her to just not be something that was you know, necessary for the show at all. So I didn't like her. But more power to anybody who likes her. I don't like her. Yeah, I I thought um I thought her character was gonna be promising, you know, in, in the early part of the, the series, but then, you know, it got a bit more questionable as it went along and then by the end. Right, became... Huh? Yeah, I thought it was like one of those, you know, Scarlet Witch or one of those type of um, Black Widow, you know, strong, powerful woman, leading actress type thing. And she just ended up becoming whiny and annoying. Yeah, exactly. And by the end of the series, I was like left questioning whether she was just there for the purpose of being, you know, like being there for girl power, basically, to show that, you know, oh, equality have a strong, tough role. But I feel like um, my, my crow's wife, my crow's wife. No. Say that again. No, even in the, if you want to have a strong, tough female lead, I mean, getting shot in the head, yay, she's strong and tough. Her bones are, at least, her skull is. But I didn't find her to be strong and tough, you know, even just her character itself. I just found her to be just there. She was someone they just placed there. And, you know, she was just annoying. And what about her partner? What did you think of him? I liked him. I liked him because you got to see a progression of his character over the 13 episodes. He was one of those guys who's just really nonchalant, not necessarily lazy, but I guess you could say lazy. You're not really enthusiastic about the task at hand. And then you really saw him have like a drive and a focus and this getting a purpose, a reason to wake up in the morning. And I really liked that about him. And to me, he came across as, you know, a little humorous. So he provided that nice little balance. You know, he was a little voice in our head, the little jokes that we can say to ourselves, the little commentary. So I liked him, but I did not like her. And they did not have chemistry together. It just seems like they just randomly threw her with him and they didn't have a chance to play off of each other. 
So that's, I, that's also another thing that I didn't like about her. But I really liked him. Okay. And did anyone else think that she left the bug in her office too long? Like, because I know they were trying to um, create bait to, to catch, you know, whoever it was. But it seemed like it stayed up for a good time after that as well. Oh, no, I, I didn't see it that way. Okay. I guess it's just me. Yeah, I guess. Hey, well, it, it's all right. I, I just want to make a quick comment about the uh, the partner. Yeah, the, the partner was, to me, the comic relief uh, likable character um, that unfortunately, you know, when he actually does get killed, you ask yourself, well, why did they have to kill this guy? You know, this guy is just a nice guy, funny, entertaining. Um, so, and I guess he was used to give her more drive to figure out, to get to the bottom of everything. Although, you know, Gary, as you said, well, we'll get into that later. But as you said, uh, why was she laid up with old boy after her partner got killed? That's a good question. So we'll, we'll, we'll answer that. <laughs> but see, even that, when he got killed, I actually felt something. I was like, oh no, he's dead. That's not good. But when she got shot, it was like a little tiny victory dance. I was like, oh, she's dead. But then she lived. So. Yeah, Rich, if you had more to say about um, her relationship with Russo, go ahead. You can you can talk about that now. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the deception of her not, not knowing you know, not not thinking that well, maybe he is involved in this. You know, when she finally figured it out, it's like, okay, yeah. At that point, it's a little, a little, re re really, really late in the process. But yeah, she she's she laid up with this dude after her partner gets killed. Um, and and the thing I didn't really understand, you know, I know obviously you wanted to use Russo to get close to him, figure out what's going on with him. But then it seemed to me like she started to catch feelings. Because as I said, there were there was more than one sex scene. I'm like, well, okay, this is more than trying to get close to the guy, because obviously you have a more of a, a you know. And I don't like that because just like when we spoke about power in the past and how Angela, you know, it it, it always had to be sex scenes with Angela and ghosts. And in last season, we didn't see any of those scenes between those two, which was a, a, a much needed change. So I just didn't understand, you know. I feel like if you're a good detective, you can find other ways to make this guy work with you. It doesn't need to be physical. But again, that's just my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that, that's, all, that, that's all I was going to say about that particular situation. <laughs> Did you well, have see, more to add to that? Yeah, I didn't view it so much as her catching feelings right away. What I viewed it as, oh, you know, she's getting the guy vulnerable in order for him to start spilling information. The problem is that she's really slow, so she's not going to be able to grasp the information that he's giving her. So I felt that the reason why she slept with him again was just because she was slow and not necessarily because she was catching full-fledged feelings. Like, it does, she liked him, but I didn't see it as like, oh my God, I really am, I'm in love with him and this is going to be great and we should plan a wedding together. I didn't see it as that. I just see her as her trying to get information from him, but she also just being really freaking slow. 
Wait, so Dana, are you saying that if a woman wants to get information from a guy, she should just sleep no. with him? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying do you, boo. Whichever way works out for you, you do you. But no, don't sleep with people in order to get information from them. Men are stupid. You can find other ways to get information. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, most of those scenes didn't really make sense. Um, and it kind of took away from her character a bit, I think. But, um, yeah, that's that. Well, she took um, away from her character. I just don't that? like her. I really don't. I said she took away from her character. I just don't like her. I don't like that actress. I just don't. I'm sorry. Do you think the role would have been strong if a better actress played her? If it was another actress and if they actually cared about the character that they magically created. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and my thing was, it wasn't even like a romance, you know, thing that they was going on. I think that even if it was written as a man, it probably would have been better. Because once they tried to make it like that weird possible romance, not possible romance, it just became really weird. And then her on top of that with that acting is just, it just really just diluted the whole show. Okay. So yeah, I, I really wanted to um, transition and talk about Micro and the Lieberman family and what you think of, uh, you know, them, their role in the, sh in the show. So um, Dana, I'll go back to you. What do you think of the Liebermans? Well, I loved Micro. I thought that he was, well, he was originally in the comics, was just like a regular tech guy, you know, just shouting out, you know, techie things. I think that they made him a wonderful uh, three-dimensional character, and I loved the family. And I loved how also, again, going back on war and soldiers, how war affects, yes, the soldier, but also their family. And how he had to go into hiding for you know for hacking into that program and he had to go into hiding for that and how that affected the family as well and you got to see how you know the downfall of everything on different angles and i really like the story it, they wasn't trying to push you know like a romance between frank and the wife she was just really lonely and i felt that it was the first time that anyone really tried to reach out to her. Now, even though he wasn't like, you know, intentionally trying to, you know, get information and stuff. Well, he was, but, you know, it wasn't like I'm going out there to have a romance with you. I felt that it showed how lonely she was, how a basic conversation would just change her whole dynamic and her whole day. I love how they showed the children and how that affected them. And you have the boy, oh, you can easily say, oh, he was a brat. He was a brat. But if you dig back into why he's a brat, that I felt fleshed out the characters even more. Even the whole situation with the daughter. So I loved everything that they did with the family. And then Micro just watching them from afar. And you can see the actor. You can how he had like this hurt in his eyes constantly all the time, how he just wanted to just be there. And while he's there, being able to watch over them, how he longs just for that physicality 
of just being able to look at his children's eyes and saying it's going to be okay. So I loved every single thing about their storyline and what he, the actor, what all the actors did with, with their role in that family. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's pretty amazing that they were able to capture all of that in, you know, in the 13 episodes, because like they could have easily just made them like a, um, you know, a template family. Right. Without and a one-off, one scene, and that was it. Yeah, exactly. But they, they added depth to each of the family members. And, you know, that kind of added to Frank's character as well, because it was like, he was visiting a family similar to, you know, his family. So still yeah. alive kind of thing. So. And you can see him going from like that, I'm blocked off from the world situation. You know, I'm in pain, don't look at me. To him opening up to that family. And him, you know, even the whole situation. Remember when they had the, there was, um, I forgot which episode, but he finally came to dinner. And then like the guys came in and shot the family. Oh, yeah. Even in that one little scene that you could see how he had like, even though he was watching it and, uh, and it was supposed to be micro in the, you know, the father seat, the table, he was like the head of the table and he was watching over everything. You could see that connection that he had, even with this family who is technically not his and how he felt such a strong wave of passion towards them that he equated it with his family when he lost his children and his wife. So I love even little things like that. Yeah, what do you think, Rich? Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you and Dana have already said. I don't I don't want to repeat too much. Uh, two things I will say. Um, I you know per personally, I, I thought they handled Micro very well. Um, I believe at the end of the first episode, that was when he made the call to Frank, and they sort of made it look as though well, this guy might be a problem for Frank, and that's how Frank interpreted it. So eventually, they sh you see over time, they start to develop a relationship. Yes, they do have their up ups and downs on some of these episodes where, you know, they, they didn't quite trust each other. But initially, in the end, they did work together and they got the job done, which is great. Um, I like how they did show death to the whole family. Uh, you, as Dana alluded to earlier, the wife felt very lonely. So that was why she wanted to kiss Frank. Uh, I think it was important to show that Frank was making an effort to open up to people, but then to also emphasize the fact that he is a loner and he just prefers to be alone, you know, and I'm glad they emphasize that even down to the, to the point where when Frank wanted to give up him, wanted to give up himself to uh, basically because he wanted to be there in the midst of the guys who he, who he despised because he wanted to kill him. And yet you saw Micro had to just go back on his word. Even though he told Frank he wasn't going to get involved, he still went back on his word to make sure he was all right. So you really get a sense of the bond built between both characters, um, which I appreciate it. Now, I will say this because, you know, I have to, I have to throw a joke in there or two. Uh, Micro, um, I believe we found out the final episode, how he got his name. <laughs> because once he actually got a chance to be with his wife and it was so quick, then you have to apologize. I'm like, man, your wife been waiting 13 episodes to get laid. And here you are. This is, this is, this is, this is the best you can do. Come on, son. That's that's, you need to work on that one. Uh, so, but that was a little ridiculous. 
Um, one other thing I did want to comment on, though, um, the scene where they did, they did the exchange and Micro decided to make it pretend like he got killed, I thought that, man, listen, after putting his family through the first incident, that has to be very traumatizing for them to see. I understand why he did it, so he can try to protect them further. But man, the reaction that the wife had after, I thought that was perfect. You know, yeah, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you do this? Because it's very traumatizing to go through that when you think that you've lost somebody and then you see they're still there, then you think you lose them again. That's That could take a toll on somebody emotionally. So um thought that was very, very... I didn't expect them to do that. I, I knew that they had to try to get him back with his family. I didn't know they were going to take that approach where he had to pretend like he got shot again, but this time in front of them. That was, wasn't expecting that, but I mean, it still worked out in the end. He got back with his family. So it's a happy ending for them for now. Um, so I have no other complaints. Yeah, agreed. That was definitely an intense scene there near the end. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. I like what they did. Um, yeah, so moving on to the main villains and, you know, the, the, the final aftermath of the show. What did you guys think of uh, both Russo and Rawlings, the two main villains? Uh, Dana, you go first. I thought that they were, again, one of the fleshed out characters. Uh, um, I look forward to in, in the next season, which we have no idea, which is going to go on. But I think that, you know, them as characters, it really helped the overall story. What did you think of, like, the final payoff with, um, with Rowling's, like, and the amount of violence that, you know, was in that scene? Do you think that was deserving of that character? Yes, absolutely. I mean, did you not think so? I thought so. Yeah, I will say one thing, because I understand why they did it, because Russo is obviously, like, the better character, and, um, like, his character, like, in the comics, that character Russo actually becomes Jigsaw, so they're probably going to do that in the, in the next series. But... um like i would say that that scene should have been russo because um like it seemed like he was the he was definitely shaping up to be like the main guy that you wanted frank to kill and then you know you you kind of didn't get that payoff but i understand why cuz they have to you know set up the next season or whatever but um yeah like the uh, the other guy rollings he like he didn't obviously he did a lot of bad things and he's the main reason why you know frank's family got killed but um i would have liked more of a brawl to happen with uh him and russo you know a scene like that like a real gritty violent kind of scene between those two no, no. that scene in itself was gritty and violent the you mean the one with russo at the end you yeah. yeah, it was yeah, it was good, but so yeah, um, the the no. the um the hostages kind of added another element to it. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay, I guess. And you know, it, it it gave a chance for Frank to turn him into Jigsaw, so you know that's what it did well, I guess. 
but I wanted to see like you know a full-on brawl between them you know no hostages no distractions just those two yeah but here I don't think that that's Marvel's thing because even if you looked at remember Luke Cage at the end of Luke Cage what we got so I don't think Marvel knows how to do that finale brawl yeah yeah I think you're right uh what what do you think though Rich Ah uh, well, first and foremost, uh, the Rollins brawl was brutally satisfying, if I if I can say, yeah, oh. uh, he 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 deserved everything that he got. Now, to me, he 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 kind of felt like a villain who was just pulling the strings. I mean, uh, only time I saw him get physical was when he saw Frank was tied up and he decided to try to beat the hell out of him. But prior to that, he's just the guy pulling the strings, taking orders, trying to do this, that, or other, telling people, "You do this for me." so on and so forth, just trying to be really bossy. This is why at the end, when he had that little exchange with Russo, Russo helped Frank to make sure, yeah, get get this guy out of here, because they just got fed up with him. Uh, the scene that Rollins had where he met up with the uh, the lady um, prior to, you know, talking about, well, we have a problem we got to take care of, and it was right on top of that bridge, I actually thought he was going to kill her and throw her off the bridge. And I was going to be like, wow, well, yeah, this character, yeah, he because 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 he was the one essentially working for her, you know, taking orders from her. So I thought that that was going to be a moment of clarity for him to step up and prove that he's more than just somebody who's taking orders and then giving orders to others. But that didn't happen. So I said, OK, so but when they had their little brawl, um, I yes, he deserved all of that. And, and, and then some uh, because of how they portrayed the character throughout the season with somebody who was just Frank wanted to get his hands on, who was behind all this other stuff, and then he knew he was behind all this other stuff. So I'm fine with that. Um, to go back to you guys' point of the you know Jigsaw, Frank being the one that created Jigsaw, yeah, they definitely needed to save this guy for you know if they decide to do a second season because this whole season was about building up this character. I didn't want it to be a situation whereas if you've seen a lot of movies in the past, I can give you one example. Um, I believe it was The Dark Knight, where the whole movie, the villain was the Joker, and then, of course, at the end of the movie, we have to see some exchange with Two-Face thrown in there very quickly. Um, I, I feel like you don't need to rush that particular battle. Obviously, they had their battle, and then you see what happens that as a result of the battle. We see Jigsaw is now going to be the character that everybody has to be concerned about. So you have to give this character... A reason to come back second season, and also for there to be a villain second season. Now, I, I, I'm 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 assuming that maybe we'll see Kingpin, but I don't know about that because he's already confirmed for Daredevil season three. But you needed a reason to have a second season to have another villain that Frank has to worry about instead of, I guess, introducing a new one. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the end, Frank did have a choice whether or not he wanted to kill the character. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they change this character, how they make him even more ruthless when he does come back. Because if we all recall, the guy who they got to play Russo, I say, in my opinion, this guy is kind of like a pretty boy. You know, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of women looked at him like, oh, he's very attractive, you know, stuff like that. And even on the I'm show, Dana, dude. 
No, the thing is, is that he came across, even, yeah, you could be pretty and, you know, think that you're hot mess and be ugly as well. The thing is that his character is so prideful, especially in his looks and how, you know, he dresses. It's like that whole American Psycho thing that he has with himself that I loved what they did to the character, that even though he's not dead, he destroyed his face. So now he has to come back as... You know, well, I feel he's going to be a completely different person. Because what happens when, you know, the thing that you hold most in your life is now destroyed. So I love that whole ending. Yeah, it wasn't like a shoot him up, bloody everywhere, you know, him being beaten to death with Frank's bare hands. But I love what they did. And then they set it up for the second season. Absolutely. Because, uh, like I said, from the beginning of the of the season onward, when they introduced the character, you saw, yes, this is a character that, uh, well, he was a ladies' man. He went after the women and all this other stuff. And, yeah, like Dana said, very prideful. So you had to see him now. Now he's going to be transformed into a totally different character. So I, I appreciate the fact that they told the story. They didn't have him get killed right away. And, you know, obviously it's going to be interesting to see how different he is when the show does come back. For second season but uh yeah i mean i i don't have a problem with them making rollins the focal point because i mean again this is a guy that frank had to deal with this character um since he wanted to, he wanted to get his hands on him we already saw that in the first six episodes he wanted to get his hands on him so eventually i i, I didn't have any problems with how they dealt with him again the whole season was about building up uh, this Jigsaw character, and I think they did a good job. So we all can look forward to seeing how their interaction will be when it happens next season. And maybe if Dana will get her wish and Jigsaw may, and will kill the female agent, as soon as he gets the, the first person that he killed will be her. Then, you know, Dana will be happy to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my main issue, and it's not a big deal because it's still, you know, a great show. And everything was well done but i think my biggest issue is that um rawlings was um so blatantly outshined by russo and obviously rawlings is the one that is directly um you know to blame for frank's family being killed so like when when it came time for him to die and frank killed him i didn't care as much as i should have because Russo was built up way better than he was. Like he was just kind of like there throughout the season. I think like there was a few moments where he did a sinister thing or two, but um, Russo was, you know, he was doing so much more as a villain that um, he was just, he was just built up a lot better. And, you know, by the well, time see, I feel this, I feel the whole purpose of the whole show we know is to get the guy who killed Frank's family. And, even if they did have a climactic ending, you know, this big brawl thing, I wouldn't feel that attached to it. I think that, you know, the guy who was Russo, I think that he overall is just more impactful as a character than the random guy who killed Frank's family. We got yeah, to see... I agree with that. You know, the, the problem we is... Got to see him throughout the episodes and we learned that you know he's a hitman which is also why frank doesn't like him which also in my mind is why he didn't kill him 
and you know, like he would have done the guy who actually killed his family. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. But the issue is that okay, the the guy who killed Frank's family, like we don't care about him enough as like we should care more. Like by the time they fight, we should care more about him because he's the guy who killed his family. I mean, I saw it as yes. This is weird how I saw it. I saw it that throughout the throughout the episodes, you know, Frank had this extremely strong passion to go and find the guy who killed his family. And throughout these episodes, we saw him become more human. And by the time that he was able to actually kill the guy, it wasn't the same impact as say he, he was when he was that raging, revengeful person in, say, season two of Daredevil or even in the beginning of The Punisher. So by the time that he faced the guy, it was like, okay, I finally found you. I'm going to kill you now. He already worked through his issues by one, being involved with Micro, Micro's family, you know, all these different characters that came in and out of his life. That's how I feel. I just want to make uh, one, one quick point. Um, Go ahead. They, they did have the dialogue between Russo and Frank where Russo said he wasn't involved. Like he didn't actually, he wasn't the one who killed. He knew about the fact that they were going to kill Frank's family, but he wasn't the one that uh, was actually involved in that. So I guess that's another reason why he was spared because again, Frank wanted to get to whoever was behind it. And I'm assuming that that's what Rollins, he is the main one that was behind all of this. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. So um, let's get to, I mean, we've already kind of touched on it by now, but that final scene, you know, between um, Russo and Frank, is it, definitely what you you were expecting and did it satisfy you you know as an ending go ahead rich oh yeah uh i yeah i, I would say it was i would say it was satisfied i mean again the final showdown was was action-packed um they made sure to set up the episode where you got to see a flashback in the beginning of the last time that they were at you know at that particular area and the interaction that Billy had with the whole family and Frank. So I like how they, once again, you know, really emphasize the importance of that particular area, even though we had seen, you know, Frank having flashbacks uh, of, of this type of stuff earlier in the season, but they went right back to it again in the final episode. Uh, I think, it, yes, it was very brutal. Again, the only thing, I, like I said earlier, I didn't like that uh, Dina got shot in the head, survived. I thought that was very interesting. But, uh, mm. yeah, the whole thing about, you know, beating the hell out of this guy. All, you know, all of the shots that they both took at each other. And then just rubbing his face up against the glass. I think that was like, that was like okay, yeah, he, he really, really messed this guy up. Um, so, again, whenever this character does return, he's going to look totally different. Um, and I, Frank will, of course, have that reminder that he did that to this guy, but he also has to know that when he comes back again, he's going to be coming back to come right after Frank. So he has to be prepared for that. But the final encounter was totally, I was totally fine with that. And my guess is that what they might do next season, if they have a second season, maybe they will show even more of the flashbacks of the relationships that those two characters had with each other. 
um, to really flesh out and tell the story once again. But um, yeah, I, I, I was satisfied with the violence. The one thing I said about in the last time we did our little non-spoiler review was that I appreciate that the show is realistic and very violent. We saw Frank get beat down, shot up several episodes. And you you would you'd be wondering, well, how is this character still standing? And then you had the episode where he took all those shots. He was out for pretty much the whole episode. Really makes you, you know, fear for his life uh, to know whether or not he can actually make it. It's not like he's a superhero where you take a shot and then, oh, you, oh I'm fine. And you're still fighting the guy after being shot a few seconds earlier. It's not like that. I mean, yes, there was a couple of instances where it felt that way, but Again, anytime he got shot up and took damage, you felt, oh, yes, this is realistic. You see blood. You see him wobbling side to side. So you got a sense of all of that. So, yeah, I appreciate all the violence, everything that they did. I have no problems in. The final fight was was excellent. Uh, makes me very interested, interested to see what they do next with both characters. And how about you, Dino? I thought it was glorious. What was the full question? Uh, basically what you thought of, you know, the final confrontation and how it was built up and everything. And I thought it was great. I do. Um, as I previously said, I liked all of the battles. I liked everything was very realistic, even the way how um, Russo got his face, you know, his face basically mingled with the glass. I like that, you know, and he took the one thing that I feel that he valued his was his face, just like the one thing that Frank valued was his family. So it was very eye for an eye situation. So I loved everything about that final scene. Now, I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing how they do a season two. And, you know, how it's, if it's going to focus on Russo and his life you know, after Punisher, what he's done to him on a psychological level. And like Richard said before, I would love to see the relationship between those two because we didn't really get to see much of, you know, a relationship of him with with the other guys. So I would like that. Overall, it was great. I liked the final scene. It was very realistic. It wasn't anything crazy, you know. Well, you just think that, oh, this is the, I felt that they fleshed out the ending very well. Cool, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the, the final scene. My my uh, criticism, you know, wasn't with the actual final scene itself. It was uh, more so with, you know, the other, um, you know, the other antagonist, Rollins. And, um, yeah, I felt, I just felt like, you know, that wasn't built up enough um for me to to get as excited for that scene but the final scene between punisher and russo that was great i think and you know obviously the you know mangling his face and stuff that sets up the future of the character very nicely and um it was i guess it was fitting that see this this is like where my criticism lies the fact that that scene happened you know um where his family died and i feel like the rawlings one should have been you know reserved for that because he's the one that's directly tied to his family being killed but still it was a good scene you know i don't i'm not saying it it was done wrong or anything it was still good the way they did it 
but um yeah satisfying but um since both of you brought it up this was actually going to be one of my next questions um so yeah speaking of the next punisher season what do you guys think might happen in that season based on you know everything that happened in this one and how it concluded what do you guys think is going to happen with you know um with dina with curtis with micro you know and everyone else and obviously russo so go ahead dana well dina dies yay um <laughs> micro i think he now has to learn how to adjust with his family because it's very easy to say i'm going to be you know this and everything's going to be great when you're watching something from afar as opposed to being directly in there and impacted by that. So I would love to see the dynamic between him and his family now that everybody's reunited. Um, I think that in itself is so strong. Also, I would like to know what's going on with the other soldiers that was there at that mission and how they're able to adjust to home life. And maybe the show will probably uncover more secrets that the government has and how that involves Frank as well. And I want to know, for me, it seems that Frank has a little bit of peace, but just because it's, he finally killed the guy who killed his family doesn't mean that everything is resolved within himself. So I would like to see how that plays out now. Also, 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 I would love to see how um, Frank is able to, whether or not he's able to go back into society and going back to, you know, being normal again. Like this, it's hard to say normal. It's blending in more like he did in the beginning of the season when he was the construction worker. Whether or not we still see him keeping to himself. How does he interact with Wilcox's family? So that whole dynamic in that situation and also Jigsaw and him coming back and being, you know, angry at what happened to him and his face. And if he, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar with the character in the comics, so I don't know how it plays out in the comic, you know, what he's able to do. And I kind of like wonder if we're going to get any cameos from the other shows. So I would like to know if he interacts again with Daredevil, with, uh, Charlie Cox, the actor, because I can't remember the, the guy's name. So that would be very interesting. And also Karen, as much as I found Karen to be ignore, um, um, annoying, I would like to know what happens between those two. So that would be interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, as for me, um, I can tell you what I want to happen, but I know it's not going to happen because of, you know, how, how this one ended, but the, some of my favorite um, Punisher comics are when um, he's taking down like mob bosses and crime families and stuff. But obviously, you know, with this, uh, a lot of the focus was on the military aspect, you know, and um, Russo, you know, is with him being alive and the fact that he's now going to become, Jigsaw is probably going to revisit a lot of those themes in the, the next series. But um, I, I would love to just see 
you know, um, Punisher taking down some mob bosses. And also, like, because sometimes the kingpin is a big part of um, Punisher in the comics. So I would like to see that character make a comeback because, you know, we saw him in Daredevil previously. Um, in season two of Daredevil, we see Punisher and Kingpin have a showdown in the prison. So, you know, I would like to see them revisit those two going at it because I think that would be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, we're probably going to get, you know, just more of um, Jigsaw, you know, Russo doing his thing. Um, he's probably going to figure out some way to get revenge. Maybe he'll he'll team up with Kingpin. Who knows? Um, that would be interesting to see. But um, You know, it's weird, but I like this show as a standalone. I don't like them going, you know, interacting so much with the other characters. I felt that it was stronger that way. Yeah, but I think Kingpin is one of those characters where he's, yeah, he was in Daredevil, but he's not, you don't really associate him with being another show. He kind of stands out as a character himself. And plus, in the Marvel comics, he's a big part of, you know, a lot of characters, like even Spider-Man, he's in a lot of Spider-Man comics. So, you know, yeah. he's a villain that can kind of be for anyone, you know, on the street level, I think. So... Um, I think that can work. But uh, go ahead, Rich. What's your thoughts on what might be coming in season two? Well, yeah, you all, you both made some some good points already. Uh, I think that uh, the focal point is, is on uh, Jigsaw because, again, in this particular season, we just saw his origin story of how he got to where he is right now. Uh, the character is still going to have to you know, adjust to things once he gets out. You know, I know they mentioned that uh, he may have some brain damage at the end of this, ep at the end of the last episode. So I don't know if he's going to remember everything right away. It may take a little bit of time for him to get back to that point. But once he does, I do expect him to go after a lot of the people that um, that he blames for this. I also expect him to go after Micro, actually. You know, maybe do something to make that family suffer because we now know that Frank is attached to Micro, has grown to like the family. So he obviously would want to protect them. But in order to get to Frank, he's definitely going to hurt people that Frank uh, likes. I know that's a bit cliche for what villains do nowadays in these movies, but I expect that to happen. Um, as for uh, uh, Kingpin, you know, we already know that Vincent D'Onofrio is working on Daredevil season three. Uh, I am not going to say maybe, maybe, you know, um, Kingpin doesn't show up in this particular next season, but I will definitely say that whatever happens in Daredevil season three, it may have ramifications on this particular season. Uh, you know, now that doesn't mean that Daredevil will necessarily show up in the season because we know that, uh, you know, that with Punisher, uh, the, the actor is able to hold that show on his own. He doesn't need to have any of the defenders show up in, in the actual show. So that's fine. Um, it can happen the same way that he showed up in Daredevil season two. And then in season two of Punisher, Daredevil shows up in his show. They could very well do that if they want to. But I think, um, again, the focal point will be on Jigsaw. But with that said, I also think they may introduce other Punisher villains uh, just to keep Frank busy for a little while. Uh, because he has been busy, you know, if Jigsaw is not the villain in right out of the gates, like in the first half of the season, 
they have to have someone else to keep them busy. You know, maybe you have Bull, Bullseye, um, any of these other villains that he's had in the comics. Maybe you introduce that, or maybe it'll be a new villain that you introduce that he has to deal with. But um, I definitely think uh, Jigsaw is the main focal point for next season. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how the Kingpin is involved because we do know he will definitely be in Daredevil season three. But that's just my guess. Nice. I'm happy to hear that. I didn't I didn't know that, but I'm happy to hear that now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you're right, because they, they had a lot of subplots in this one. So I'm sure they can fit in, you know, a few other villains in, in season two. Uh, maybe Hammerhead, you know, he's another one that, that I like reading about. Um, that would be cool to see. But yeah, um, you guys pretty much, uh, well, you didn't answer it fully, but you brung up the next question I was going to ask. So a lot of people were wondering why there wasn't as many crossovers um, as, you know, in, in the other Marvel Netflix shows. You know, we didn't see any Daredevil. Uh, we didn't see the the Night Nurse um, or anyone like that. So do you guys think that that worked well? Or do you, would you have liked to have seen more crossovers? Obviously, we did get Karen Page, who, who was previously in Daredevil and Defenders. But do you guys think it needed more crossovers? And would you like to see more crossovers in the next one? Um, Richard, you kind of already answered that. But Dana, what's your thoughts? No, it didn't need it. Story was strong enough alone. You don't need fifteen thousand different subplots and twenty thousand people walking in and out. No, I liked it. Just leave it alone. Leave it as as if it, as it is. Um, for next season, maybe throw in Daredevil, as previously said. Throw in Kingpin. That's it. I don't need to see the defenders try to recruit Frank Castle. I don't need to see Foggy having a conversation with micro. I don't need all that. So I'm good without it. Uh, I, the story is strong. These actors are strong. Leave them alone. Go ahead, uh, I agree with everything Dana said, but I, I, I'll just say this. Hopefully that this doesn't get downvoted when I make this comment. But um, I feel as though they definitely don't need to have any other people in there. Defenders, I was very disappointed with that show. And then when I saw the villains they had for Defenders, I didn't feel as though those villains or the threat itself actually matched up to the actual team. And, you know, now now with that said, I will say that it did, it, it was better better matched up than Justice League because Stephen Wolf, to me, it just seemed to me like a pushover uh, villain for, the, for them to have to deal with. Uh, so I will say, yeah, with Defenders, the villains were a little bit weak. Maybe they matched up a little bit better. But I will like to say this to Netflix, if they ever do watch this, definitely make sure that if you are going to have any of these characters uh, appear, make sure that it makes sense to the storyline and to the threat that is actually being faced. Because I just didn't think it makes sense. With, with this particular show, all the villains made sense. And they were also presented in a fashion whereas you got a chance to feel sympathetic towards them, try to get a feel of their story, what led them to this point, the struggles they deal with, all of that you got a sense of. And, you know, I just think if you're going to have anyone else make an appearance, it has to make sense. Don't throw them in there just because we need to add more star power. No, don't do that. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're necessary for season two. Um, just, again, make the story about Frank. Uh, 
really emphasize and go deeper into because I think I believe that in this particular season, the storyline for Frank was about figuring out who killed his family, but also about him dealing with trying to open up, not really opening up, but trying to just give people just a little bit of who he is. So next season, he's still going to struggle with that type of stuff. So leave that on its own, emphasize that. Maybe he eventually opens up to Karen, who knows? But yeah, they don't need to really take it too much further and you definitely don't need to have other people because adding other characters may take the spotlight off of him and I don't want them to do that. Just focus on the main character unless you have a good story and a good reason to add other people to it. That's that's all I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree with that last part of your statement. Um, they, it definitely has to make sense for it to happen. But um, I do want to say that I'm not opposed to it i'm not as opposed to it as you know you guys are i would i would like to see him you know mixing with some of the other uh, marvel characters and stuff um i do agree that he he can stand on his own and he did a good job standing on his own in this series but um you know the, the thing i love about marvel is just how much their characters interact with each other um and you know um i'm not saying that was missing from this but i would certainly like to see Punisher interacts more with the others um, in the second season, you know, um, mainly just like Daredevil, you know, maybe you can have the night nurse because there was a few times in this season where um, Frank got badly injured. And I thought like this would be like a great moment for the night nurse to, to show up. She's um, on vacation. Yeah, she probably is. She's probably with <laughs> Luke Cage. Um, well, but, yeah. uh that, no, uh, just just one quick point. I, I was going to say uh, the other reason why the other characters didn't show up. We have to remember that Frank, you know, he is not above killing people. We already know that uh, Daredevil does not want to kill anybody, and we know a, a lot of the other ones don't want to kill people either. It all depends. It all depends. We know Iron Fist. Oh Lord. Oh hell no! I don't want to see that team up because Iron Fist. Nah, man. That 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 season was was pretty bad but yeah you know it, it has to like i said it has to make sense because we know that frank you know whenever it gets to a point where he has to kill somebody then that will become a conflict between him and the other hero which is like well i don't think we need to kill him well no we need to kill him and by the time they said i don't think we need to kill him frank has already shot the other person dead so that's gonna be an ongoing conflict if they do have any of the other heroes show up in season two yeah, you, yeah. Make, you make a good point with that but um, I, I do think that they can write around that. But yeah, that is a good point because he, he's definitely going to have beef with um, any of them. But I, I do also want to say that um, it probably makes more sense to have Daredevil since, you know, he is like a a, a, a mortal, you know, person uh, with no like main special power. Whereas uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, they are super powered. So it would probably throw off the balance of the show a bit, you know, if you, if he needed them, because obviously, you know, he's fighting people who, you know, don't have powers and, you know, aren't mystical and stuff. So he yeah, can be the can see... of the group. Say that again? He can be the Hawkeye of the Defenders. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say I would rather um, have Punisher in the Avengers than Hawkeye like that. Like Hawkeye is rubbish. So yeah um but yeah i think i think 
the cross crossovers can be done if it's done in the right way like don't just throw them in there just because um but if there's a valid reason for him to you know need to team up with one of the others then i'm not opposed to it you know like maybe um maybe he might need luke cage to help him you know take down someone who's super powered you know in one just in in one episode or something like that um it doesn't have to be like a whole season thing but you know it'd be cool to see um but yeah that's pretty much all i had to say on that you guys got any final thoughts on that in particular before we get to final verdicts oh no i think you summed up there i mean i think uh you both summed up everything pretty nicely in terms of the topic. Uh, like I said, I, I'm just very, I'm very curious to see what happens with season two. They they did a lot of, they did a great job of building on Jigsaw, so I'm curious to see where they go with that next. But yeah, okay. if they do decide that they 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 do decide to add other other characters, it, like I said, just so long as it as it works, um, I'm fine with it. But we'll see what what they do. Okay, yeah, so uh, let's get to our final verdicts on the show. So we'll go with mine first. Um, overall, I'm satisfied. Punisher is one of my favorite Marvel characters. So I think they did it justice. The only thing that's missing is a scene with him using a chain gun, a mini gun, because that's like a signature Punisher thing. Um, but I, I guess they couldn't fit that into the budget. So it's, under it's understandable, I guess. But yeah, I'm happy with the show overall. Um, and it, you know, season two is definitely promising. Um, I hope it comes on Netflix before uh, Disney starts their own streaming service because, you know, they're going to move all of those shows off of Netflix and put it on their own streaming service. And I'm not paying for both. So yeah, I hope uh, we'll get that on Netflix. But um, yeah, Rich, what's your final verdict? Yeah, overall, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, this this is without a, a doubt the best Marvel Netflix show so far this year. Uh, I don't really know if I would say it's the best Marvel Netflix show ever because I still think Daredevil's at the very top of the list, but this was a great, great, great show this year. Um, anyone that still hasn't seen the show, but yet you listen to this podcast, you are doing it wrong. Stop the show and, and I mean, stop watching us and watch the show immediately it's definitely worth your time and i think you'll be pleasantly surprised especially if you're looking for something that's grounded in reality uh and it's not afraid to push the envelope but awesome show excellent effort from marvel and netflix and i can't wait to see what happens in season two. Oh yeah as for my uh, official ranking I, I think i would say daredevil season two number one Punisher number two and Daredevil season one, number three, as for like my top three ranking of the shows. Um, but yeah, how about you, Dana? What's your final verdict? It is my, oh gosh, overall number two out of all of the Marvel TV shows. So that's how much I liked it. Um, I look forward to season two. Hopefully it'll be, you know, not in 2024 where we're all on the Disney streaming network. It'll, it's going to be on Disney streaming. I, that I know for sure in my heart. But um, I hope they don't screw up season two. You know, I love all of the writers and the showrunner. I hope they keep 
everyone as they are. And I look forward to the new season and I look forward to all the different possibilities. And remember, you don't have to have a team up. So, yay. Okay, cool. Uh, you mentioned Punisher was your number two. So what's your number one and number three? I'm anxious to know. Um, this year, okay, see, this is how it is on the list. It's my number two of all Marvel TV shows that's on air. Number one, that's on air now. So number one would be The Gifted. Now, when, now Netflix Marvel, number one would be season two of Daredevil. And then number three would be Jessica Jones. Okay, I thought you was going to say Inhumans, number one. But, okay. Inhumans is like my number zero. <laughs> it's, not, it's my number zero. You, yeah. And I sat through that, all those episodes, too. So thank you, Marvel, for creating Punisher to erase my mind of Inhumans. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's our final verdict on the Punisher hope you guys enjoyed listening to this definitely leave your comments and let us know what you guys thought of the show but um yeah that's pretty much it from us at the moment be sure to check the coalition.com for all the awesome content we have up there and uh yeah that's pretty much it for now see you around people